Hello, and welcome to Piecing the Parsha Together for Parsha's bow. Bow contains the final three makos and presents us with a division of seven makos in Parsha's Va'era and three makos in Parsha's bow, a, a observation that goes all the way back to the Balhaturim writes on the word bow. There are three makos in in the parsha. The gematria of bow is two and one for Bayes and Alpha is also three, so three makos in the parsha. So we see this division goes far, far back uh, as an observation in 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 commentary on Chumash. We have ways of looking at the Makos, different ways to divide it. There are ways that are said uh, often all around the Seder. One way of looking at the Makos would be that they mirror the Asara Mamaros Shanivra Olam. And that is something that the Maharal points out in Perak Nun Zion of the Guru Hashem. And there's a footnote in the Hartman edition that further quotes the Maharal in the Derechaim, which is on Perkeavos. And he says that Hashem wants to create the world with 10 uh, different utterances, that there will be nothing missing in the, in the, whatchamacallit, in the world. And he continues to say that that's also why Abraham gets tested with um, 10 Nisyonos. And I guess. Uh, that that would also have to do with uh, Mitzrayim. They get the full measure of destruction from the Esermachos. And that is certainly one, I guess you could say, unit of looking at the Makos. And we'll come back to that maybe a little bit more. Other ways of looking at it, Maharal, this time in the 33rd parak of the Guru Hashem, will talk about dividing it. The first five where Paro hardens his heart, and the second five where Paro has his heart hardened by Hashem. And the Maharal will, will go at length to say that. Uh, there is a duplicate. There's a duplication of the makos. The, the second five are just a further expression of the first five even. So we have a concept of maybe a whole unit of ten. We have a concept of looking at them in fives. The five where Paro hardens his heart. The five where Hashem hardens his heart. And we also have, this one is definitely you know familiar to Seder attendees, of the Ditzach Adash Be'achav. You divide the makos into those three different words. The first three are dams vardeyakinim is the detzach, and the adash is ar v'dever shrin. Adash, and then the final four is ba'achav is barad ar v'choshech, and then b'choros. But again, we don't see seven and three. So, can we find ways to look at that? And the answer is that this is discussed by 
um, at least someone as early as the Abarbanel. In the first section in Parsha's bow, this is his first question. It's why does the Torah divide the Seder of bow here with Arba Choshech and Makos Bechoros in bow as opposed to in Vayera? Right, we could have all the Parshios in one Parsha, all the Makos in one Parsha. We could have five and five maybe. But again, this, what's the seven and three? So the Barbanel offers that there are two different reasons. The first one, as he says, you see, from this Maka and on, the Paro and his servants start to be afraid of what's going to happen next. At the beginning of the Parsha, the servants of Paro say, don't you realize that Mitzrayim is going to be destroyed? Like, why are we still keeping the Jews here? Why is it going to be a snare for us to send them? And that will play out over the final three Makos in a way that it didn't in the first seven. Additionally, he says, that you start to see from Paro here, concessions. The word that Barbanel uses is Psharos, make a deal. Right? First he says, Miva Miholchim, he says you could take the men, and then in um, Choshech he says you could even take the children, just leave the animals, and obviously after Makas Pachoros, he says take them all. So there's degrees of freedom. The Barbanel says that that makes Haschalas Zeh Seder Mehaschalas Hayitziah Habehagula. It's the redemption. It's part partial redemption that's coming here. And he provides a second reason is and this seems similar to the Maharal is that the the these three all take place in the Avir, is the higher realm, and um. And that is why these are grouped together. And he says specifically there's darkness. Bard will cover the land in darkness. Obviously the Maka of Choshech is darkness. And then Makas Bechoros happens at the Chatzih HaLayla. So that is, that is the Abarbanel. Then... I said the Maharal is in many different places discussing the Makos. So again, this is in the 33rd parak of, of the Gvuras Hashem. He points out that in the last three Makos, there's a, an additional Chomer that, that occurs, Chumrah that occurs. And he says perhaps similar to maybe some of the sentiments of the Abarbanel, but he takes it a slight step further. First, he says, you can look at, we do have a concept of a seven. And that seven, in terms of punishment, you see in, in the Chukosai and the Tochacha several times, it talks about seven. Well, I will strike you seven for your sins. And it happens a couple places in the Chukosai. And therefore, he continues, They're all the same. And the last three are more Chomer. Again, And he mentions the Tachem as well. And then he says, there's also an aspect of Misa. Eitzel Ha'arba, he says, V'yasem re'alai ha'mavis hazeh. And he continues, the Choshech, it says, V'neicha b'mechashchem hoshivani kipsei olam. In darkness, I sit like the dead. And then Makas Bechoros is obviously full-fledged Misa.
And he then concludes this paragraph. These last ones are Misa Yadua Lachachamim Uliode Bina. And Rabbi Hartman quotes several place, several different places where it occurs in Rutzarak, a coin of Lublin, that there's an idea of the spheres, the ten spheres. We normally think of the seven spheres. We talk about spheres of Omer. But there are three higher ones. And he says that, and Rutzarak says there's some sort of striking of the Mitzrayim as well as a, a healing for the Jewish people. And that would make the last three, I guess, the the the, the original those 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 outer three, and that is what the last three makas are supposed to symbolize: so death to the Egyptians, but life for Bnei Israel. So I was thinking, can we maybe connect this a little bit more? And on that, I started looking at this. At the later place, this is on the Haggadah. These, the the Parak Zion and the Grosham is on the Haggadah. The Maharal goes through how each one of the Makos corresponds to one of the ten ways the world was created. And he says, and they don't necessarily go in order or reverse order. It says, Arbe is Neged, Totse Haaretz, Eitz Priosapriz, the third day of creation. And he says, the Arba destroyed the, the vegetation. And then he says a one-liner that Choshech is obviously Yehior. And then the Makos of Bechoros is Breshis um, Bar Elokim. So they're out of order. And I must confess that I'm not sure that I knew off the top of my head what the different Mamarim that the world was created by are. This one for Arbe, which is the third day, is considered the fifth Mimer. We understand that the first and second are Brashas Bar Elokim and then Yehi Or. The third and fourth have to do with separating the waters and then the waters being gathered in to create the dry land. I wonder if we can say that obviously the first two uh, of the Mamarim are, are going to be the most important for creating life. Gracious bar, create the world, and then nothing can survive without the sun. And then when we shift towards looking at the waters and, and dividing the waters and creating dry land, we don't see the same aspect of life there. In fact, on day two, there's no tov mentioned, nothing is created. Right? And when we talk about the dry land, we're still not talking about life, but we talk about vegetation that is the first thing in creation that's alive. So we see this aspect of these last three makos in some way looking at the most basic elements of life. The idea of creating the world and creating the sun that will make everything on the world survive. And then the beginnings of life, vegetation, you could say beginnings of life, vegetation that most things have to survive off of. So I wonder if that's a way to sort of bring forward this idea that, you know, is sort of alluded to, the final three makos have to do with, in some way, death to Mitzrayim. Death is mentioned by all of them. And it ends up being life for Kla Yisrael. And you can see that life represented by the 
different mamarim that are that are mentioned corresponding to these makos. If it's the creation of the world itself, the creation of light, and then creation of the vegetation, which is the first thing that is living on the planet. The creation of the Jewish nation ultimately is what you know life is about for them. Wish everyone a wonderful Shabbos. I thank you for listening. I hope to see you next time. And once again, if you stumbled on this on your own, please leave a comment.